It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country with Dan Berger. Hello, Dan. Hello, Harry. Good to see you. Our guest today, Anthony Beckman, winemaker at Baletto Vineyards. Hello, Anthony. Great to be here, guys. It's been a while, so it's really good to get back behind the mic. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Baletto Vineyards can, of course, be found on the web at balettovineyards.com. And on the very first page, it says, it's more than a bottle of wine. It's family and community, social and environmental responsibility, excellence, a never-ending pursuit to capture wine's beauty and reflect the land on which it is grown. Tell us about that, Anthony. Well, I think the first two things in there, many things in there, are just ring so true. John and Terry Boletto are, you know, longtime Sonoma County um, residents and have always contributed back to the community. Um, they're for me as a winemaker, it's incredible to work for a family. You know, every year there's a few fewer family wineries in Sonoma County. Uh, they get kind of gobbled up and or changed over. And, um, you know, John and Terry started with nothing. You know, they're currently farming uh, about 800 acres, 850 acres of wine grapes in Sonoma County. And John Boletto in 77, 1977 started with four acres of, of vegetables, right? And he grew this from nothing with, you know, a couple hundred dollars in his pocket and has worked hard and Terry has worked hard. And I just feel incredibly fortunate to be to be a part of it and uh, to be able to make the wines we're going to taste today, which are um, pretty outstanding. I'm really proud of, of everything we have today and, and it should be great fun. Dan, tell us what you know about Baletto Vineyards. When you drive into the Russian River from Santa Rosa and you go along, what is it, Occidental Road or whatever that is, you you see some of the vineyards, not very many of them, but a few of them, and they are absolutely pristine. Some years ago, I, I was they some, somebody needed a photo of me, and I had I drove out and had my picture taken in one of those vineyards, and it's one of my favorite photos of me standing there with two wine glasses in the middle of Boleto Vineyards, and I really love the property out there. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful locations because it's cool enough, it's cold enough on some occasions. So you can really identify which locations, the sub-regions, do best with which varietals. And they do such a brilliant job. All right. We usually open with a cellar wine. But I didn't. I didn't bring one today because we're we got a lot of ta- things to talk about <laughs> regarding Boletto, So Fair enough. Okay. We cracked a bottle uh, before we went on air. Tell us what we're tasting. And when I say we, I don't mean me because I don't have a glass of wine in front of me. We yet. do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. We know. Keep you dry. Tell us what we're tasting. Sure. I brought um, three different wines and um, all from the same vineyard. So this is all Sexton Hill Vineyard. Um, as I was talking about the, the holdings for John Boletto, um, of his 850 acres, I really take less than 10% to make wine out of. So I'm the kid in the candy shop, uh, which is great, and I get sort of first pick. Um, Sexton Hill Vineyard is outside of Sebastopol. It's obviously on, on a hillside. It's about, uh, as you're going down Bodega Highway toward the town of Bodega, it's just before you drop into the Freestone area. And it is just a gorgeous, gorgeous site. Um, I've been working for Boleto Vineyards now for 16 years. And this is a vineyard that after my first year in 2008, uh, John Boleto walked into to, to my lab, which was tinier than this studio, like a quarter of this. <laughs> and but probably cooler. It, yes. Depending, <laughs> depending on the season. That's good. And he walked in and he put these blueprints down in front of me. And they were big 
big, you know, um, you know, three feet by two foot um, blueprints. He goes, hey, I, I just bought a vineyard. And I didn't know John very well at this time. It was 2008. And I kind of looked at him and went, okay. And he goes, and I want you to design and plant it for me. And I'm like a young, young winemaker kind of just going. And I go, okay. And he walked out of the room. So I go on Google Maps, you know, instantly, punch in the address. And it comes up and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like the spot. You know, this is like the spot for Chardon Pinot. And then I flip through these pages and there's a sheet that shows elevation. And white, uh, a white blotch is like flat and it goes all the way up to like neon orange safety green all these like super neon colors and it's like 30 percent slope and the whole elevation page is just covered in color and i'm like oh my god i've got to see this place where so i literally ran to my car and hopped in and drove you know it's about 10 miles from the winery give or take uh toward the ocean uh ran up this hill which was a really old decrepit apple orchard um most of the trees were fallen in it was you know it just had not seen the 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 uh maintenance that it needed you know it's hard to do apples let's face it and um ran to the top of this hill could overlook all of the valley uh where uh, bohemia highway is and it was like wow this is incredible so i ran back down the stairs and I got in my car, and I was probably speeding because I'm I'm an excitable guy, and I was really I was statue really, of limitations. Okay, is running out right now. Okay, don't good. worry about it. Because I was, and still am excited. Um, ran up to uh, to John, and I go, John, this is it. Like this is the site where we can plant and grow world class wine. And he goes, I know. So I'm, and we just were like we had this moment of just like this is it. And um, and that was 2008. We planted it in 2009, and we got the first crop off of it in 2011, which is the Pinot Noir that I that I pr- brought here. So um, again, John Boletto and the Boletto family has a lot of acres, but there's these certain spots that I keep all to myself. So we've never <laughs> sold any grapes off of this site. Um, I'm the only winemaker in t- 12 years to make wine from it. So it's kind of like, oh, these are these are mine. Um, and and I'm super happy with them. So should we go Chardonnay first? Let's do Chardonnay Jane? first. The, the nice thing about, if not nice, it's the fabulous thing about this uh, vineyard is that it's located in one of the coolest places in all of Sonoma County. In fact, it's an area that probably 20 years ago, just about the time that uh, this vineyard became available for sale, around 20 years ago, people were saying that you only could ripen fruit there seven or eight years out of ten you'd lose a a vintage or two every decade and it was such a risk for john to be buying a vineyard at such a cold area that at that time you would likely lose 10 percent of your fruit every decade and he took a risk and it panned out like a charm it's a great spot fabulous spot it's a yeah it's just a it's the place i go when i've had a bad day i'll just walk I'll just start walking rows, and it's like, well, you know, nothing can really be too bad when this is what you get to do all day. Um, this is um, pretty pretty classic, I think, Chardonnay. It's um, Give us the name. Oh, sorry. This is the 2019, 2019 uh, Sexton Hill Vineyard Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Um, this was uh, fermented in oak. It is a native yeast ferment. It is native ML ferment. Uh, the new oak is about 28%-ish, 26 to 28 and um, uh, again, what I love about this wine is uh, the acidity to it. It has a weight, it has balance, it has a presence, um, and then this real linear acidity that holds it all together, and is just to me a classic, 
for, for me, it's like my classic go-to Chardonnay. It's, it's a real structured wine with good acidity, but the most impressive thing is how the aromatics are really kind of lean a little bit on tropical fruit a little bit, but then a little bit more classical citrusy notes as well. But it's all very much integrated because of the fact that it's already three years old. And the average, today you're seeing 21s being released. And, and this is a 19. So you've got two extra years in the bottle. It you don't need any further aging. It will be, it'll benefit. Hold it. Did you actually just say you don't need further aging? Most people don't. I would age it myself. Ah, <laughs> there, there it is. It is Dan. There's the Dan we know. <laughs> I love this stuff. Just, and, you know, the aging potential is is in the wine. Because Anthony is really careful about the acidity level. And it, without acidity, you can't age these things. And this, this has got it. And we've been opening up the, um, the 11 Chardonnay and the 12 and 13 Chardonnay. I just opened about two months ago. And these wines showed great all down the line. And, and it was really awesome to share that with, with our tasting room and our sales staff. Because people have this opinion that Chardonnay or any white wine, for that matter, can't really age. And it's just so wrong. And when you pour a 10-year-old Chardonnay for somebody, and it, it's still structured, and it's just picked up a little bit of savoriness, but it still has the it still has the, the top coat of fruit and citrus, and you give that someone, their, their eyes get wide, and they just go like, whoa, I had no idea this could happen. You're like, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen for the right wine. And when it does, it's just so delicious. And you can understand why it doesn't happen, because somebody buys a, a bottle of wine for 25 or 30 Thirty dollars, and they, they take it home. They want to drink it, so p- people don't sit on it. They'd say it's, it's a white wine. They think, well, you know, white doesn't age. Well, it does, but they don't have the faith to do it. I do it. I do it all the time, and I do. I I drank a two thousand and two uh, white wine for dinner last night, and it was in great shape. So, you know, <laughs> twenty twenty one years old. So, <laughs> California Wine Country is brought to you by Bottle Barn, and our guest today, Anthony Beckman winemaker at Baletto Vineyards. Anthony, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you come to the world of wine? Yeah, uh, about 20 years ago, I quit my day job. and um, Which was? Which was I was in San Francisco doing um, project management for biotech firms and website design. Oh, how exciting. Oh, it was, actually, it was very cool. <laughs> it was very cool. But I had a, a very well-paying job and um, spent all my time and money in Sonoma County. Um, drinking wine and eating food. And and we appreciated that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, I, I sat down to dinner with my now wife, um, and we had a nice bottle of Brunello and a nice meal, and we decided that we would conquer and do whatever we wanted. So we sat down, we made a list, and we said, what do you want to do? And, you know, the wine was good and the food was good and we were in a good mood and, you know, we were newly in love and it was awesome. And she says, I'm going to, you know, I don't know how I ended up in this cubicle job. I'm going to, um, I'm going to become a teacher. And I go, great. And I go, you know what? I'm going to become a winemaker. I love wine. I love food. love Sonoma (laughs) County. So within three months of this conversation where we made this list of all the things we wanted to do in our life together, um, I'd quit my job and had begged a harvest um, at Kivera in Dry Creek Valley. Um, for $12 an hour, uh, shoveling out Zinfandel as the lowest of the low. And before that, actually, I went to UC Davis, and um, and I talked to the advisor there, Judy Blevins, you know, who was awesome. Uh, and she goes, look, don't even talk to me. She goes, go away. I don't want to see somebody coming in saying they want to make wine who's never worked a harvest. 
go work a harvest. Go go get dirty because either you're going to love it and you're going to come back to me in two years and we'll have a real conversation or you're going to hate it and we never need to see each other again. And I was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> but it's, it is the best So she advice. took the soft approach. Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've heard that that was pretty soft. <laughs> uh, and so that was the best advice anyone ever gave me. Um, and I went and I did this first vintage in 2002, so so 20 years ago. And where did you do that? That was Kivera okay. in Dry Creek. And then fell in, absolutely in love with both the process of making wine, making wine, uh, being around wine, being in Sonoma County. Uh, went right from there to New Zealand. Um, and then went back uh, and started taking classes to get into uh, Davis. You know, lots of chemistry, biochem, calculus, physics. And I had none of that. And... Um, and have been pretty nonstop ever since. So it's been just awesome. At the same time, my wife got her teaching credential and uh, taught at Cloverdale High School for 10, 10 or 12 years. Excellent. Always like to hear a teacher doing well. Yeah, it was it was. It was great. Uh, I don't think we had any idea how broke we would be. <laughs> you know, we started over. Oh, I hear you on that and, one. And we thought, oh, we're fine. We've got savings, you know. And, and I always think of that, of that. I believe it's Hemingway, but I could be wrong. You know, going broke, it starts, starts slowly and goes, finishes quickly or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like that. It's like, okay, we're doing fine. We're, we're doing fine. And then suddenly, man, we weren't doing fine. Yeah. It was rough. How did you end up at Balletto? Um, while I was at Davis, I was working as a wine buyer at a great market in Sacramento called Taylor's Market, um, kind of near uh, Land Park. And during that time, and this would be 2002 and 2003, it was probably John Boletto's first vintages. Um, I was buying those wines and stacking them and selling them like crazy. They were It was a Pinot and a Chardonnay. And I really liked them. And then I'd come back and gone through school and done a couple more harvests here and there. And a job posted for Boletto Vineyards. I'm like, oh, this is great. I know. I really like these wines. And so um, interviewed and, and got the job in 2007 and then as an enologist and then worked, was named winemaker in eight or nine after designing these vineyards and have been there really ever since. Um, so it's been a great, it's, it's been a ton of work. It's been a ton of fun. Um, I, I'm just so, um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that goes to work and I'm like, okay, I'm you know happy to be there and love what I'm doing. And I feel fortunate. And I'm also like really glad I made those tough choices and was broke. So broke for those years to do what I'm doing now, which is, which is, I just feel like one, you know, one in 10 million uh, nice. for what I do. We have been enjoying uh, Boletto's 2019 Sexton Hill Vineyard Chardonnay. Dan, I'll ask you the question that Steve always asks you. Why do I like this wine so much? I think it's all together. This is a this is a, a glass of wine that you don't need to overthink. It delivers all the fruit that you want. It's got just a bare amount of oak that just helps to bring along additional aromatics and, and flavors. And the balance is perfect for food. You can imagine, as soon as you take one sip of a wine like this, you imagine what it's, what's going to go with. I mean, I just, like, off air, we were just telling uh, uh, everybody in the studio about this new place that I just went to for dinner last night called Vine Burgers, and they do a a, 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 a crab burger, and I can't imagine a better thing than a crab burger at Vine Burgers and a glass of this Chardonnay. And they, they, they're not carrying it yet. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have it. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, I believe we are sampling in a particular order. What's next up? Well, I was going to ask Dan okay. what order he wanted to do. Okay. So we have the um, the 2011 P. 
Pinot Noir from Sexton Hill Vineyard. It's a Sexton Hill Vineyard kind of afternoon. And then we have the 2019 uh, Sexton Hill Vineyard Pinot Noir. And which way do you want to go? You want to go old first? And don't just say Pinot. Pinot. I I think we should do the Pinot from 11. Okay, let's do it. Let's do the older. Talk uh, about it as you pour it. This is uh, the very, very first vintage of Sexton Hill ever. And that was a very cold year. Very cold year. It was it was cold and it was crazy, and um, when I when I picked this these wines, um, I, I we we sorted it, we crushed it, we put it in the fermenter, and I remember tasting the juice that had just gone into the fermenter and saying, "Oh my God, this is the most tannic Pinot Noir juice I've ever tasted in my life," and I really had to completely change how I make wine to deal with the tannins. Um, I didn't do my normal punch downs, you know, three day. I'm like, no, it's one. Um, and it just changed everything in how I think about wine and how I think about structure and tannins. And here we are, you know, 10, 11 years later, and it's like soft and pretty and savory, and it still has this fruit on top. And it's it's truly a gorgeous, it's truly a gorgeous wine. Only um, the best vineyards of Pinot Noir will go to 10 or 11 years. Only the best. Okay. You can't do this with mediocre fruit, you've got to do great fruit if you're going to age the wine. This is spectacular. California Wine Country with Dan Berger is brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today, Anthony Beckman, winemaker at Baletto Vineyards. Anthony, talk about folks visiting Baletto. Sure. We have a um, just an awesome outdoor space. You know, COVID kind of changed everyone's mindset as to how they want to taste wine now. So everyone's outside, and we've really <laughs> expanded this tasting room thing. And I think we're going to keep it. It's one of the one of the things from from the stupid pandemic that we're like, wow, it's really nice to sit outside on this patio and have wine brought to you, and um, and taste wine. And you know, assuming this weather breaks, which we kind of want and we kind of don't want, um, uh, you know, it's really an awesome spot. And it's right on Occidental Road, fifty seven hundred Occidental Road, almost to Sebastopol. So we're um, we're legally in Santa Rosa, but if you go like a hundred yards further west, we're in Sebastopol. So you can kind of get a feel for where we are on Occidental Road, um, east of 116, but west of Fulton. Reservations for tasting are recommended, but walk-ins are accommodated. Yes, you know, that's a classic John Boletto where it's like, well, if you're going to come and taste wine, you know, we'll just find a fold-up chair in the corner and make space for you. So, you know, um, really it's the mindset of, of, you know, we want people to taste these wines and feel welcomed and, and, and do what we're doing, which is really, really making great wines and trying to share the wines. If you don't share them, why make them, right? Sharing the wines and tasting the wines and having the wines be a part of someone's dinner or a part of their wedding or a part of some you know anniversary, that to me is like the most fulfilling part of being a winemaker. So, of course, you pull up another chair. Now, before the break, we had just begun tasting a 2011 Pinot. Tell us again about that. Sure. This is the 2011 Sexton Hill Pinot. This is the very first vintage from this vineyard. Um, John Boletto and I planted this vineyard in 2008 and um, harvested this in 11, a a very cold year, very low crop. I I had... um, I think five tons of this total out of 17 acres. So um, it was one of those, you know, pretty pretty typical third leaf, um, first first time to harvest. And it, to me, is just, I'm so proud that the wine has gone 10 years. And not only has it gone 10 years, but, man, it's really shed all the parts that I, when I made it, that scared me. You know, the, the tannins that were so big, the, the texture that was so big, the acidity that, that I thought was a little bit too much. 
um, all those things that scared me have now come together into this wine that's just like vavoom, you know. It's like it's there, it's all there, and um, it's just fun to drink. It's just fun to taste. Dan, your thoughts on this? This wine? validates exactly what I was talking about. Vineyard designation wines go longer in the bottle, and this one proves that point. Eleven years later, and the wine finally coming around with all those Burgundian components, were, which weren't in the wine when it was first released. They just wasn't. They weren't evident. Now they're evident, and it's really delicious. It's soft and and silky. It wasn't this way when it first came out. It was it was it was awkward. It the flavors were there, but all the flavors weren't there yet. And now we're, we're now we are able to see that. Now, unfortunately, this wine's not available anymore. We appreciate Anthony <laughs> sharing it with us, uh, but it's an indication of the type of wine and the quality that you get with the Boleto wine. And one more thing. The 19, which is coming up, we haven't tasted it yet. We've got the bottle open. We'll we'll pour it in a moment. But the 19 was a fabulous vintage in terms of total acidity. So I'm hoping that the 19 will age as long as this one. Yeah, I hope so too. And I kind of brought them because, you know, again, the tannins are here, the acid is here. I think of this, especially Sexton, as as being like a like a two-year-old kind of you put it in the glass and it's like exuberant and it's like running around and you're not sure if if it's going to break something and that's sort of uh sexton hill so here we here we go dan let's pour that wine here we come 2019 sexton hill pinot noir and already i can tell i'm gonna love this wine because the color is lighter and i'm not a big fan of dark colored pinot noirs and this one is light and it's gorgeous why are you not a fan of dark colored? Because peanuts? I think when you have dark color, you're sacrificing something else in the wine. I don't drink color. I drink aromatics and I drink flavor. And the color bothers me. If it's too dark, sometimes there's a little bit more in, in, intention of the winemaker to make it dark. And I think you sacrifice something to get there. All right, Anthony, tell us about this wine. Yeah, and I, and I I don't often agree with Dan, <laughs> but in this case, in, in this case, I do. Um, uh, you know, for me, harvesting uh, Pinot once it hits a ripeness level, I feel like I've missed it, and I've I've missed really the indication of of what a wine should be because if it gets too ripe, you you lose something, right? It just becomes too ripe. Um, I'm really pushing an early pick. I'm really pushing a little bit of whole cluster inclusion to make it boom, to make it blossom. I mean, this this is booming Aramax. This is what I mean by, like, exuberant, right? It's just, like, flying out of the glass. It's sort of running around. Um, really delicious. And it's it should knock, – knock, that's not quite wood. Knock on Formica. Um, <laughs> it should go the distance like the 11 did. I hope so. Gorgeous one. Uh, Dan, is your wine flying out of your glass? It absolutely is. And the, and the nice part about it is it's, it's wild cherries, but there's an undertone here of rustic character, which is not showing up yet, but it'll be here in about four more years. This wine is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm, I'm startled by it. I really am. The color is an indication of the quality. Startled. You're yeah, not often really, startled. Well, I'm... At least it, not on this show. Normally, a wine like this would be $75. And is the price startling you? No, it's okay. fi- it's fifty. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, where other than the tasting room are your wines available? Sure. Um, most, well, all of the single vineyard wines are really ninety nine percent available only in the tasting room. But of course, Boleto Vineyards, um, our Russian River, our Rosé, our Unoak Teresa Chardonnay, the Russian River Pinot Noir. Um, these are really core wines to Boleto Vineyards, and they are everywhere in Sonoma County. You know, we, we love it. Our partners at Bottle Barn, you know, 
Barry's awesome. Jordan's awesome. Those guys are great. Um, our partners at Oliver's, um, all the restaurants that pour this by the glass. You know, the Pinot Gris, I think, is just, just a classic, classic Pinot Gris, and it's by the glass everywhere in Sonoma County. Boleto Vineyards is really interesting because um, – once you get outside of Sonoma County, we're like a bullseye. And so Sonoma County is the red bullseye dot. And Marin and San Francisco might be the green part, right? And after you get out of that, really, um, there's not a lot of Boleto outside of this little area. Um, uh, we're a, kind of the hometown team, and we're very, very concentrated here. Almost 90% of all the wine we sell is sold in Sonoma, Napa, Marin, and San Francisco. All right. Well, so a great wine to take across country and share with your friends and family yeah, there. exactly. And let them know about Boleto. Anthony Beckman, winemaker at Boleto Vineyards, thank you so much for joining us on California Wine Country. Oh, awesome day. Thank you for having me.